love sushi, I love Japan. My social life has hit the fan. All I have is anime, so I guess there's just one thing to say. Guru Gamesh, my life's a mess. My figure collection is racking up debt. My wife has left, my house is gone. Time to get my butt to Sakura Con. Guru Gamesh. Welcome to the Grugamesh Podcast, the only in one place for anime discussion on the internet. I'm the host of The Most Mostly Jay. Joining me is uh, digital cyber sleuth uh, Gabriel. How, how are you doing, man? Greetings. I am quite well. I just had a wild time. As did I. So, as part of our pilot episode, we covered the original three Pokemon movies. We talked about the highs, the copious lows, and the asinine dubbing history. But a thought was going through my head, Gabe. Wasn't there another really popular 90s to early 2000s franchise featuring monsters and gross Japanese capitalism? Yes, Monster Rancher. Yes. Why didn't we watch that movie then? (laughs) All right, today we'll be talking about the 2000 21st century sensation Digimon the movie, but since I had never seen an episode of Digimon, and quite frankly, you are so out of touch, we brought in an expert, so... In this room, the Digimon guru himself, Maximilian, welcome to the podcast. I've got all the Digimon info you'll ever need. Exactly, that's why we hired you. I'm getting paid. Shit. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting paid in our friendship and love. Ah, got it. And getting to watch... Um... I'll, I'll, I'll pay you in the antidote at the end of this recording. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, um, usually, uh, dear listeners that I hope we have at this point, uh, I would write... Several pages of notes, I would have research and structure and have pride in my work. That's been thrown out of the fucking window for this. Gentlemen, what is this film and why did you subject me to it? I mean, personally, I think that the best part of it is the fact that it's not actually a Digimon movie, it's actually a stealth Angela Anaconda movie. You really think about it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that's very true. If anything, like, um, the Angela Drowned theory is very popular online. The fact that, like, the entire... Uh, sequence of events is just like a, a coked dream that Angela, having sort of died tragically, uh, now I can't do it. My my bits are running so low in energy. Um, this film has physically broken me. Usually, I'd have like a a witty comedic line, or I'd have like enthusiasm. I am being dragged along by the scuff of my neck, attempting to strangle myself with my own shirt over this, gentlemen. Digimon is in a weird place where it's like a cultural sensation, but it's also really cult. So you two love it. What was your first exposure to either this movie or just Digimon in general? Because dear God, I need someone else to speak right now. Max, would you like to begin? See, I think if you're a child and you watch it, you're absolutely going to understand everything, though. So I think <laughs> actually your your brain level by not understanding it is lower than a child. That's how uh, it works. That's how every adult in the theater. Am I smarter than a Digimon fan? Coming soon to 4 p.m. adult television. They did a lot of spots like that on Fox Kids. I wouldn't be surprised if in the middle of a show during the advertisings they had a little spot that was like, Are you smarter than this, the little kid who's watching this show? I think the first time I watched it though was like I mean, I must have been six, seven on my like mother's laptop searching this stuff up on YouTube in like three parts per 20 minutes. That's the true way you watch Japanimation. That's how you watched anime. I I remember those days. Those were good. 
the days of just finding for like five minute segments of like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon just on YouTube because you can, can't find it anywhere else. Absolutely. In between watching like AVGN episodes, just getting, getting some Digimon adventure on, <laughs> on YouTube. You are bringing back horrific memories that I have su- suppressed for the sake of my own sanity. So I'll go next. Uh, my exposure to this movie was other people talking about it. I think in regards to actually seeing clips, my only recollection was like, the nostalgia critic yelling about this about 10 years ago, which should tell you something. Um, I always knew Digimon was this sort of um, almost third wheel of big children's by the toys anime, considering it hit big briefly, but it never could chase the wildfire of Pokemon. And in many ways, it wasn't designed to. I don't even think that it's even necessarily like a third wheel, because if you think back to sort of like, kids watching anime in yes, the UK yes. in the early 2000s, the big three from that period would be Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Beyblade. Digimon comes underneath it. Where was the Beyblade movie? There, there is a Beyblade movie. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dub it? I don't think it's been dubbed. There's, it's some. Um, Do not make me remember this. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going back in there. I think we should do Beyblade. I think Beyblade was just as brief as Digimon, to be oh, fair. Oh, yeah, it was, it was very brief. It was like a couple years, and then it just... I want off this planet. <laughs> That's fine, you can go to the digital world! Uh, Reach into your laptop now, just yeah. get instantly teleported there. I will be among the porn I deserve. <laughs> so, well, this movie... Let, before we go on, let, let me cover my first experiences. I remember watching this film... I do remember watching it quite a few times as a child. Mm. In, my, in my preteen years. I have a stream. I have no memory of this, but I've got a very weird feeling I might have seen it in the cinema. But I can't really remember. It came, it came out in the year two thousand. Did it? Did it have a delayed release for the UK? Did it come out in two thousand one for us? I wouldn't be surprised. It would have come out in 2001, 2000, 2001, But I would have been like four or five then. So I've, I I can't remember. But I think I'm. I'm going to ask my mum about this actually. But I've definitely seen it as a child, and then watched the first three seasons of Digimon when I was like 14 and then have had no other experience with it since then. So I am almost as blind as Jay. Slightly less so. I'm a blind man who has cataracts. You're just a normal blind man. Yeah. Okay, so Max, since you're the, you're the room expert, give uh, the wonderful listeners of the Grugamesh podcast a brief synopsis of Digimon in general. The whole thing. Yes. Yeah, that's impossible. Just uh, <laughs> kids get like Tamagotchis and then they fight cyber hackers. I call Digivices, please. Oh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> the adventure. Please continue. Timeline. Uh, there are ti- you okay, didn't no, tell me there was timeline no, shit to this. They're a different universe. Can they cross over at different points? But then also, like some universes are fictional Digimon universes within all the Digimon universes. It's the whole metaverse thing going on here. I can't believe this children's thing designed to to sell me PS1 games and Tamagotchis is now more complex than the Gundam timeline. Well, so you've got Digimon Adventure and Adventure Zero 2. They're the same. Same timeline. That's like direct sequel. And then you've got Tamers after that, which treats the Adventure timeline as as if it's like fictional Digimon. It's like, imagine how Digimon is in our world, that's how it is in the Chambers world. So, so what you're saying is we have another anime case of Ready Player One. First Serial Experiments Lane, and now this. And then after Tamers, it's pretty much all self-contained. Frontier's its only thing, uh, Data Squad's its own thing. Fusion has all of them come together for a special episode, which is interesting. 
And, and like an Ajin makes absolutely no sense. No, it, it's not even like I think it's just randomly input and like halfway through the show. Uh, okay, so I'm trying my best to give to give it give this its due because we will return to the Digimon saga. We might do an episode on adventure, might do an episode on Tamers, but this is solely on the spliced together movie made of three separate OVAs that Fox Kids decided. Hey, that Pokemon thing did pretty well. Um, hey Jeff. Uh, you got a spare got a spare minute? Uh, yeah, make this a movie. I'm, I'm pretty sure those three were all theatrical releases as well. The OVAs? Well, no. So the original two Memorial Hospital ones that yes. are set in OG Adventure. Mm. Those, I think, pretty sure those are both theatricals. I'm not sure about the Zero Two movie. Hurricane Touchdown was at one of the Toei festivals. Okay, so this is this is kind of what we want to get back into. As much as I am slowly losing my mind here, sort of give let's sort of explain what the hell this movie is before we dive into our thoughts and feelings. So, from my brief intoxicated understanding, Digimon the movie is comprised of three separate OVAs, and uh, they are what's uh, what's the first one called? So the first one is just called Digimon Adventure. Okay, Digimon Adventure. Uh, that was the like the twenty the short segment at the start. Yep. Where Agumon shows up and you've got Tai and Kari's tiny little kids. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the original Digimon animation. Yes, I I know that was commissioned before the actual series itself. That was one of the first things to be written for the franchise. I did that. I at least did that in my research. And then post, and then after that, you have the Adventure to TV series, mm-hmm. and then our war game, which is the middle part of the dub Digimon the movie. Okay is sort of like the sequel to the first adventure. So, so it's like a mini epilogue after the TV series has concluded. Okay, that makes a lot yeah. more sense now. It, it is also literally Summer Wars. I just, just have to mention it. I, I was, we will get to Mamoru Hoda's uh, uh, contributions towards Digimon later, but yeah, he really loves the concept and work he did in this movie because the parallels to Summer Wars in terms of animation, color choice, and even plot points and even some sort of the tone of the film itself is yeah. impressive. I, I would go as far as to say that Summer Wars is almost like a direct remake of our war game. Like, Pretty much. But anyway, the third part is one of the O2, or like the second series, like side stories, I guess? Is it like, I don't think it, I don't think it takes place after the series. I think it's- No, it's not after. It's, uh, it would have happened halfway through the, the broadcast, I would have imagined. Um, yeah, because they didn't use any of their later forms, so I think it happens around episode thirty of O two. Oh, and Ken's not even in it, so probably even earlier. Yeah. Um. So maybe, maybe episode twenty, the second um zero two movie that is set after the end of the series. Yeah. Yeah. So so that so the one that's in Digimon the movie would be about midway through Adventure Zero Two, even less. Yeah, like a quarter of the way through, I would say, at the end of the first arc. Yeah. So they've effectively taken three distinct movies slash OVAs from three very different periods. And put them in a fucking blender. Yeah, basically. Just splice them all together. Squish them. And hope that they worked. Do they work? (laughs) That was my acknowledgement laugh. Your acknowledgement laugh. Yeah, an acknowledgement that I no longer care for my sanity, Gabe. So is that a yes or a no? I think that's a... That's a Ness. A, a Ness. Yes, that's a Ness. My brain is frazzled. Your brain has turned into a Nintendo Entertainment System. Basically, yes. I mean, oh, considering I it has minimal computing power, you got to blow on it to make it work, yeah. and all it sees is pixelated 
sort of 25 colors. All right, so Digimon the movie is a shotgun blast of stimulation, dubisms, and if someone showed this to me in it, in, in its entirety, isolate and said, this was the year 2000, I would believe them 100%, because if anything, fuck Shrek, fuck Spider-Man, the Raimi trilogy, this, th- if you were a 2000s kid, Digimon the movie is your national anthem. Yeah, it's, it's the original Smash Mouth, it's got all of the fucking just weird... Like that weird late 90s, early 2000s period. The, the early 2000s was still holding on to the dying breath of the late yes. 90s. And that movie, this movie, especially in its English dub, captures that energy more than anything I've ever seen. So let's get into the film itself. This was released in the about late 2000 in an American audience after Digimon had had a decent limited success running on Fox Kids, though it was kind of fighting an uphill battle because... All the other cool anime stuff was either on Cartoon Network or yes. Kids WB. So mm. on Fox Kids, Digimon was kind of the only real anime-ish property yeah, and was kind of, so. from my understanding of my research of the Western distribution of Digimon, it's safe to say that the people who basically slapped us on television didn't quite get it. No, I think the a large part of the problem of Digimon's marketing and Western markets is that it was... W- they didn't spend enough time distinguishing it from Pokemon. So whenever I mention Digimon to people who aren't enormous dorks like yeah, ourselves, yeah, they'll be like, oh, isn't... Gigachads is yes, the word we prefer. If I mention Digimon, they'll just say, oh, isn't that like a ripoff of Pokemon? And I said, they're like, nah. I mean, no, but I don't know how to explain this to you. Uh, because what I what I do know is... I'm trying to recall the depths of my memory banks, is that Digimon was originally based on like a Tamagotchi game from the early 90s, and then the television series was commissioned after that, and the Western market it made, because it's it's, it's an ensemble cast, as much as we joked, it is about these children finding these devices that they can summon cute, merchandisable animals towards a digital realm and go on adventures and learn things and watch them die, and... uh, uh, yeah, but I know from a fact that uh, Tai, the main ca- well, I say the main character of Digimon, it's more of an ensemble in the Japanese, but he was definitely sort of marketed as the sort of like yeah. the Ash Ketchum equivalent, just so they had something to. He had a fucking yellow dinosaur. Like, I don't blame people for thinking it's a ripoff because the people trying to distribute this in English speaking countries were basically trying for that because how else did you fucking market something if you knew nothing about anime? Yeah, pretty much. And like, that's the smartest way to market it as well, according to them, is if you want to catch <laughs> the Pokemon wave. If you wanted to catch them all, if you will. I mean, that's probably what they were going for, even licensing, is it? Oh, it's basically the Pokemon. They've got the same number of letters, and three of them are the same, yeah, so gotta, let's just make that. Gotta, gotta torrent them all. Didn't quite catch on. I don't think it even mattered what the content of Digimon was. I think they just looked at the name and was like, yeah, we kind of need this yeah, right yeah, now. Fuck it, this'll do. <laughs> Put this in front of the children at 5pm, this'll be fine. Yeah. And it just so happens it was a good show, so they kind of lucked out on that one. It just happens that great show. It's phenomenal. Okay, so as someone who's never seen Digimon, but has always been curious about it, if you will, um, this movie sold me and lost me in equal proportions, because one, it starts with Canada's own Angela Anaconda going to see what they describe as the greatest theatre experience of all time, Digimon the movie, 
which aside from being the biggest sort of child equivalent of corporate masturbation I've ever seen, was also, I've just written in my notes, my therapist will become a rich man after this. So what do you think of the art style? Wonderful. Loved it. Oh, I didn't yeah. want to scratch my eyes out in the slightest. Canada's best achievement. Well, it truly is. Angela Anaconda just looks it's so smooth. It runs so well. Yeah, yeah I remember that the team of Gainax really did sort of try experimental sakuga when they made Angela Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him making it. You, you got your bits back. You're back on it. Oh my, no, oh no, my, he's head, my head hurts and my heart is empty. <laughs> oh, for those unaware, Angela Anaconda is a very weird niche Canadian animated series that also played on Fox Kids that for some reason got a tie-in deal with this, so it's kind of like a short Mickey Mouse film before the feature, and it's about this weird sort of semi-photorealistic but also South Park animation girl who's like, ah, Digimon's the greatest, I'll digivolve it. So, so it's it's just fucking, it's Power Rangers. So what happens is they go to a theater and they're like, I love Digimon, it's the best thing ever. Get fucked, four kids. And then they're like, oh, this, this stuck-up lady's blocking our way, let's fucking kill her by transforming into like a big fucking Sentai Megasword bullshit. <laughs> it kind of ties back into what we were saying a minute ago about how they just didn't know how to market this stuff because they clearly didn't even know what the fucking content of no series was. No one producing that short had a clue what Digimon was, and in the end, so much of the film is just to market more shows to these kids. Like I don't even think O2 was airing at the time that they made the digital movie or if it was it was like halfway through its airing so they wanted to get kids to watch that who had maybe jumped off of the original adventure which is probably why they fit okay, in that so last OVA I am going to I'm gonna try balance my critiques with giving this movie credit in fairness if your objective was to try and make a singular film out of these three disjointed brief original video animations the team at whoever the hell wrote this did the best job they could do because it loosely has a structure to it. And for that, I commend them. What I don't commend is doing this idea in the first place because what was this? It was a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, so great. Yeah, pretty much. And so many of the problems could have been fixed by just extending the film. Like, they mandated, for like, it's probably like 80 minutes long. Yeah. Max. If it was two hours long, it would be fine. <laughs> yeah, you you yourself pointed out that they cut numerous things from the OV, especially like the stuff that covers Digimon O2. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they cut a lot. Okay, so you'll be our, our guru on the original Japanese version, and I'll just sink into an amorsive, amorsive blob of... <sighs> I'm, I'm just here for a good time, man. Knowledge. All right, so getting into this movie. Ugh. Gentlemen, watching this in the year of our Lord 2021, what do you think of Digimon the movie? Honestly, I had a great time. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's a good film. Yeah. It's like, 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 take it for what it is. As you say, it's... An assault on my senses? That as well. I think it's trying to be, though. It's like, joke a minute. Every yeah. second you've got a new it's, 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 thing to look the at. The dialogue is fantastic. It's like, plot-wise, it makes absolutely no sense because it's three completely disjointed films just kind of smushed together and they kind of try to make it work in a semi-watchable way. They have way. Kari, who's the little kid character, 
sort of narrate to yeah. try and tell this as a complete story, which isn't the worst idea if this is your objective and you're working with limited mandated yeah. footage, but... but they made it, they kind of made it work. Yeah. But the dialogue is just, it's golden. Some of it is just... The ADR scriptwriter for these movies is a man called Jeff Nimoy, who has been with the Digimon franchise for a long time. Uh, if you don't know him from Digimon, you'll likely know him as the voice of Nicholas D. Wolfwood from Trigun. He is sort of like an old god of the late 90s, early 2000s anime dub fandom, and he is having a blast with this dialogue. There is... It's not even a joke a minute, it's a joke every 30 seconds, and for the first two parts of this movie, so the first two OVAs, it works because it's it's quite snappy. It's not written for the kids, it's written for the adult, yeah. adults that were dragged along against their the will kids, the kids, to see this. For the kids, it's the, oh, cool monsters, lots of visuals, yeah, it's like really fast pace, lots of cuts, and then the dialogue is just entirely for the parents. Because they're just making jokes. It's very Simpsons-esque yes. in the sense that it's... One of my favorite ones was when Kai, um, Ty's mum was talking about all her different recipes mm. and was like, oh yeah, potato juice and spinach cookies. And I'm just like, fucking what? <laughs> beef, beef jerky smoothie was my yeah. favorite. That was golden. At least half the lines were probably normal lines in the original version that have been changed into jokes, but it doesn't really affect the plot either because the plot's so straightforward in the first two parts. That you can just gleam it from the visuals. Yeah, and the visuals really make it useful. It's very, like, I don't know, it's just, it's an easy-to-follow plot. Honestly, so when like, the dialogue's like that... The first two, as someone who had the basic of meat and potatoes idea of what Digimon was, the jokes... Though very, very, very for kidsy, for lack of a better term, kind of helped ease me in. Yeah, to just say, okay, this is this is happening, and I'm being guided along slowly. I don't have rails, but someone's holding my hand. It keeps it very like cheerful and upbeat. It's quite nice. Really. Okay, so getting into what this show is known slightly more for, aside from insanity, talking about anime production, I do love how the Mamoru Hosoda OVAs look. I think the simplicity character designs work wonderfully. I think the color choices are amazing. I think that the cinematography is very reminiscent of kaiju movies, from Godzilla to uh, other monster movies like The Day the Earth Stood Still. Like especially, we were saying, in that first one, mm, it yeah. is basically a kaiju fight out of something yeah, like it's, Ultraman. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah, like the jokes overstay the welcome a little too much, but it does have a lot of heart, and that first one might be my favorite just because it's the most focused. Well, an interesting thing is that also obviously the Digimon the movie has a much more poppy soundtrack, which I'm sure we'll <laughs> discuss because it's fascinating. But the original version of that movie plays is just entirely playing um, what is it, Bolero by yes. Morris Ravel over the top of it. Interesting. It's just 20 minutes of pure classical music just playing over the top of the Digimon fighter. That is... And it works beautifully. And that's like something that the fan base upholds that song because it's it's so you know integral to Digimon and I think Adventure 2020 used the song a couple times and like tried to like mess around with it. They call back to this song. It's a very like Digimon thing, and I guess you know the fact it's not in the dub is like, interesting, but also in the end, it, 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 the soundtrack they used, while completely different, is still so good and here's so the, interesting. Here's the thing: as as much as I will make fun of the insert pop slash sort of pop punk music they use. I really like some of the orchestral remixes of, you know, the, for instance, the Digimon rap, known in our hearts and minds, gets sort of like an, an orchestral mix, which actually really works with the sort of uh, 
kaiju tokusatsu element of yeah. this. It's cut off by butt rock 30 seconds in, but <laughs> for those brief, you know, glimpses, it, it was pretty cool. I think it works quite well. Like the, the music in this movie genuinely works quite even outside of the like insert tracks, it is really well done. The music's quite mm. nice, it's quite uplifting, it follows through, it gets you pumped for stuff. Even a, like I you, you when I wasn't banging my head against a cushion, you could see me doing a little bit of a fist bump when it sort of got into the big power go shonen moment. That's when yeah. when you weren't curled up in a ball in the corner crying. <laughs> Which we loved watching. Thank you. I'm glad my suffering brings you brings you joy. If anything, that's kind of the mantra of the Gurugamesh podcast. If I'm not screaming or going too in depth into anime details that no one cares about, why are you even listening to the show? And that orchestral element was like a big thing in the dub for the original adventure in O2 as well. Mm-hmm. And they they took a lot of I mean, it's the same composer. I think they added one more uh, person to the composing list, but they've taken and reworked a lot of light motifs in the original adventure dub soundtrack, okay. like the hero theme and a couple other songs. And they've used it and given it this new life. And one thing that the original adventure suffers from a lot is that the dub music basically never shuts up. That is a, never a common problem with a lot of early television dubs. It's what I like to call Bruce Falconer syndrome, because I think the show that propagated this was the original Funimation run of Dragon Ball Z, where because they weren't used to having silence in American cartoons. They would blare a lot of music and quite often the sound mixing would be really, really yeah. hard to follow. And I imagine it's kind of similar in Digimon. I don't think there's a single second of silence in all of Digimon Adventure <laughs> 1. But uh, in, in Digimon the movie, there's silence and it makes sense and it's fine. I mean, well, there's not much silence, to be fair. It's still, a, it's, no, it it's blasting through it. But it's, it's a very loud, quick film. But there's always yeah. something like, oh, move on to the next thing like this, this, this. I mean, I, I can see the appeal of that. Don't get me wrong. Sort of, if you're a fan of the series, just getting to all of the cool shit, like the transformations and seeing all of like the different forms. As much as it is very much like, hey, kids, buy the toys. It's also like, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm going to buy the toys. I'm going to buy the toys. It's like uh, as, as adults, it's quite nice as well, because obviously for the kids, it's meant to keep their attention and yeah. held really quickly. As adults, it's just like, oh yeah, we're here to see the big robots blowing stuff up. Yeah, Yay, like, big robots. Mamoru Hosoda, despite being a household name, and some may say, the next Miyazaki. Ugh. Um, no, no, nobody buys that anymore. Good. They shouldn't. I think Summer Wars released, they said it a few times, and then they stopped yeah. <laughs> after that. It's a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a marketing term. It was literally just marketing. It doesn't mean anything. Just anyway. like Shinkai. Anyway, oh. um, what I was trying to export is Mamoru Hosoda, despite being a household name nowadays for family uh, entertainment and cinema, wasn't, was an unknown at this point. But him being tapped to do these OVAs makes a lot of sense when you look at his early career as like animation checkers, a key animator, and even episode directors on like the big two shonen shows of the 1990s, Dragon Ball Z and Yu Yu Hakusho. So it makes sense you'd want to bring him in as someone who understands you know, shonen kids anime. Yeah. And it shows the action is phenomenal. The sense of blocking and sort of character choreography is really solid. And I, yeah, the production values were my favorite part of this film, undoubtedly. It's very well made and very well put together. We can't really criticize any aspect of it. You can tell that Hosoda was really passionate about Digimon as well, just from the fact that he remade it as his own thing afterwards, but also the fact that he's like, he basically animated the first animated Digimon stuff, decided to join in an adventure later on and animated episode 21. 
Yes, which then, is also one of the best episodes in the series. Absolutely, like it's such a good use of him as well because when the the art style changes completely from the rest of the show, which mirrors the fact they're in a new world, it's it's insane. Such a good episode, and you can watch it stand alone as well because it's like I mean, this is, this is the thing about, I was saying to Max earlier that that was the one episode that I had on a VHS growing up. Interesting. And I watched it, and it was quite self-contained. Like you were sat there going, "What's going on?" But because it's like out of context, it almost works better. Because huh. it's all about Ty being stuck in the real world while everyone else is in the digital world doing stuff. So That's, you, you feel disconnected as do well. Do you know who wrote that? No, no I don't. Idea. Because that sounds like yeah. the most Chiaki J. Kanata bullshit oh, I've ever heard. Konaki wasn't in the Digimon yeah. franchise until episode 13 of Zero Two. Interesting. Yeah, he joined in with O2 and yeah. he did some... That's quite... I mean, his his usual shtick is that, so I thought I'd ask, but that is quite interesting. He had a relatively large footprint on O2. Not just the episode, but like yeah. a few plot lines, which they decided to drop halfway through it. But he did like the, the dark sea stuff and the... Yep, that checks out. Yeah, which is all, which is honestly the best part of Zero Two, to be honest. And then he does Tamers, which is yeah. just... Golden. We'll do an episode on Tamers, I yes. promise. Hey! Yes! I wish I could say stuff about characters, but this movie isn't real. This movie is definitively event-driven, and that's not. there's nothing wrong for what essentially is, in the most complimentary way, a fan masturbation film. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. You get to see the cool transformations, you get to see the cool fight scenes, you get to see, you know, everyone who's involved has a role, like uh, Matt and Ty, the fighty boys. Izzy is sort of like the I'm in hacking individual using his glorious Windows uh, XP95. And um, uh, Kyrie's also there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is. So, yeah, I didn't really, I can't really say I have a favorite character purely because I didn't get enough time with them. Oh, I, I think they were great character interactions. Yes. I think Ty and Izzy have some great comedic back and forth. But other than that, I didn't really get a flavor for everyone, unfortunately. I yeah. think it suffers from one of those big problems of like franchise movies, like in anime especially, mm. is that because in the series, well, in the digital series, all of the characters get like their own character arcs, they're all really fleshed out, they yeah. all have like dedicated episodes. Of course. And the movie, you don't know, really need that because you expect the expectation is it's that you're going into the movie knowing the characters already. Yeah, and it very much does seem like the, ba- uh, the the most popular mons, the coolest transformations, the ones who made the appearance, and everyone who wasn't necessary. Like, there's a reason that half the cast is either on vacation or just not available to get to a computer, which is something else I need to ask. Did Digimon run on dial-up? Because half, or a plot point in this OVA is how the fact that everyone's emailing to the Digi-destined like MSN account or whatever, and it's clogging up the bandwidth so they can't move fast enough. So you're saying you've managed to create digital life and yet because you can't plug in your Ethernet core port, that's slowing them. What? I mean, this is the two early 2000s after all. Yeah, I'm aware, but you created existence. Actually, the late 90s are war game, the it's middle part. This is 99. And I don't think in the adventure canon we really know who created Digimon, to be fair. We do in Tamers, but... Look, that's a stupid... Look, here's the thing. It, it starts off as a really stupid plot point, but then it kind of turns itself around into being kind of, sort of, intelligently Chekhov's gunny, but that's something that... But, like, I'm not usually Mr. Cinema since Mr. Plot Holes, but fuck me. <laughs> when this movie tried to take itself seriously, I was gone. Oh, bless. <laughs> but they launched new. I was gonna get to that! <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, comparing, say, Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like, 
you, you've got like someone like Mewtwo, who is you know a creation of abomination science. Or you usually have like a vague legendary who's like, "I will destroy the world unless you, Ash, can put a ball in a thing." And then Yu-Gi-Oh will be like, "I'm an ancient Egyptian man, and I will play this card game with you, Yugi." And in this, like, yeah, America launched a nuclear silo. Yeah, they, they did that. That real world element is something that was just very jarring. I mean, I respect them for going dark, but I just have written nukes, question mark, exclamation mark, underline in my notes. <laughs> How else do you raise the stakes in a in anything if you're not going to launch some nukes? Do you have to be ready to launch but some it, nukes? It wasn't just the line that, like, it wasn't just, like, the, you know, the, 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 the virus launched. It was, it literally, literally said, the United States have launched nukes. Was the, was, the, the, was the line that came out of yeah. his mouth. We're, we're, now, we're now living in the Metal Gear universe. It's literally that. <laughs> the fact that this fun Shonen kids movie now has to deal with, like, the Pentagon launching, like, committing accidental war crimes because someone left their fucking email account available? Yeah. Okay, okay, calm down. Very believable, though. Yeah, it is. If Digimon <laughs> actually happened, that would happen. Fair enough. All right, uh... Are, are you okay? I'm... I'm f- look, here's the thing. I'm talking about the stuff I enjoyed, so I'm still relatively Good. fine. Good. War Games has some great animation. It has some very hype moments. It has some very sort of like, pa- you joked with one scene saying the power of friendship, but it works. Yeah, it if you're a fan of something, it's like you and me, Gabe. Oh, we, we, are, we are hot-blooded children to our core. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And that is purely runoff power of friendship, power yeah. of belief. And like, say if we watch like one of the Dragon Ball Z movies, we acknowledge it's not very good, but say if like a cool thing happens or like... We'd still be like, Whoa! Yeah, hundred percent. And this is, this is that version. And then the movie continues. <laughs> and, and the art style weirdly shifts. That might be because it's a different movie. Huh! From a different part of the canon. Before we get into the O2 OVA, I think I've gotten most of the things I want to say about the, the stuff I actually like about this film. So going off what I've seen here, would you two recommend I watch all of Digimon Adventure? Or do you recommend just going into specific episodes and then just skipping to Tamers? No, you need to watch all of Digimon Adventure. Oh, I mean, well, oh, technically, me. you can probably just skip O2 because... OT is like... You don't need to watch it. <laughs> OT is very, very mixed bag. If you really like the original adventure, you continue watching for O2 because some of the stuff they do with the the old characters is interesting. Some of the ideas they have... Oh, so it's literally Naruto Shippuden. Okay, good to know. Yeah, pretty much. Like, some of the ideas they have throughout O2 are really interesting. It's just the execution's really weird yeah. and off and poorly paced and so, it's just weird. I mean, I would recommend checking, like, check out the original adventure <laughs> and OG adventure is the kind of thing that's like, oh, you have to watch the whole thing because it is a sequential narrative. Which sort of puts it uh, on the different spectrum of Pokemon, which had growth and progression, but in a very sort of like superficial, you got the badge and you yeah. got the new one that we just made a toy of. And this is like, yeah, my pet died, and now I have to spend an episode contemplating that. No, yeah. Like, shows like Pokemon are set up to run indefinitely. Mm. Digimon isn't. It has a very distinct Which is middle. really interesting, because I know for a fact the original Pokemon anime was meant to only run for a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, originally, the first movie was meant to be, like, a climax to it, but then they realized, oh, this is making how much yen? Oh, all the yen! Keep that shit fucking running! And, what was, what, 20 or 25 yeah. years later, here we are. But Digimon kind of seems like more of a conventional. It it seems 
Am I correct in assuming it has a much bigger American fan base than it does a Japanese one? I don't know. I, I want to say I want to say they're probably more equal. Fair enough. Yeah. Especially now, and it's pretty big in Japan right now mm. because of the new anime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say it, in like Western circles, at least, it has a much bigger adult fan base. That's what I was getting on because Pokemon still seems like it's definitively yeah. it's all ages and it's fun. Digimon seems to have kind of grown up with its audience, especially considering most people I hear talking about Digimon in a positive light are people who have rewatched it as adults and sort of see it as uh, serialized shonen adventure anime rather than they buy the toys thing. Yeah. 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 Which is pretty much what it is. It's a really well done serialized adventure anime. It's, okay. Yeah. There is, an, there is obviously an element of, hey, buy our merch. Well, yeah, that's literally that, that's primary drive from Sailor Moon to Evangelion to literally anything else. That's just commercialization is just inevitable of anime. So I think you can take the crunchy with the smooth in that. I think that's also maybe why it never quite reached the heights of Pokemon, because you could throw an episode on Pokemon literally on any fucking station. But with Digimon, you'd have to sort of know the last episode, you know, know the events. And if you don't handle that with care, which I'm guessing Fox Kids really didn't. I very much like that they did. That explains why it never quite caught on as well. All right, so that's the so that's a, the original adventure pilot and war games. That's a, yeah. a fun sort of fan service filled uh, adventure. That's the film. Yeah, you don't need to watch uh, anymore. Yeah. Cool, it's over. I would genuinely highly recommend checking out the original Japanese dubs first as well because they're both fantastic. You said they did. You said watch the sub like five separate times, and I was screaming into a beanbag. So I'll believe you, Max. <laughs> I love the dub for all of Digimon, and like personally, I don't think the first two OVAs are really hurt that much Not through much the dub. The, the the amount they cut out was maybe like five minutes altogether. See, that's acceptable. So what about the other one? We don't speak of it. Wow. Well, we have half an hour left, so we're gonna have to. Don't make me speak of it. <laughs> we will have to discuss it. It is um, part of the movie. So moving on. I fucking hated this. Like, I wanted to be as positive as possible. I, I enjoyed the first half of this movie, first two OVAs, really solid animation, loved all of it. What the fuck was this? To be honest, what I enjoyed most about the third part is Jay screaming at the screen going, Who the fuck is Willis? Who the fuck is he? He's like the Gary Sue of this movie saying, Wallace is the best ever and he's really important because he's got two Digimon. Well, that's really good. Good for him, but he's got a big cock. Who the fuck is Wallace? <laughs> Don't be mean to him. He's, he's he's trying his best. Yeah, trying his best to piss me off. <sighs> I have no clue what they were thinking with even adding that part into the film. Like, okay, so for context, audience, um, Kyrie, little girl character, kind of tries to have these movies all fit together by having the through line of this character called Wallace having his Digimon awaken at the same time that her and Ty originally got Argomon, and then. They just keep rolling with that, and then they eventually have to sort of catch up to that footage and then realizing, okay, we will try and do this as the third act of the film. It doesn't work. No. I am losing my goddamn mind with every decision everyone made. Max, take over. Well, they had to completely rewrite the third <laughs> OVA to fit whatever the hell they were trying to do with Willis, because, like, the through line is an okay idea to connect the films together. For what they had and the mandates that were given, it's the only option they could have it's taken. It's the only option instead of you know, what they should have done was just make it a 60 minute film and yeah. not have the bloody O2 part, but they needed to advertise O2 and I guess... Which I don't get because if you look at, like, the Pokemon films aren't very long. Like, the God knows, you know, the 
animated films for like the WB properties like Batman or Superman, like they're only about 80 minutes. So that's not unheard of for kids films to run that long. I want to say Saban was just weird and they didn't. Have- oh, Saban was involved with this. Okay, all of my questions are instantly answered. Episode over. <laughs> Bye, guys. It was fun. <laughs> I think um, the problem is that they didn't have. Problem? Another- that sentence should have an S, young man. <laughs> The, the main problem is that they didn't have another film to choose from. They needed to choose that O2 film, which tonally, visually, everything about it is completely antithetical to what they were trying to do with the other two films. Okay, like, so I'm going to... You've seen the original Japanese version. I've seen it multiple times. Okay. In the briefest way possible, tell me what that film is about. It's about the older kids being kidnapped. Okay. Which is probably what that kidnapping <laughs> thing on the, the back of the VHS so, tape yeah. is about. So I think you were out of the room before we started the podcast. I was looking up bits of trivia. I was busy screaming into my toilet, but yes, please go on. And apparently on the VHS, on the back of the VHS box okay. of the original release, they claimed that there was a kidnapping plot. <laughs> I'd fucking heard of it. Yeah. I'm going to find this. I'm earning the explicit tag this episode, folks. On the back of the video box, the movie says that the film's storyline is highlighted behind the nuclear missiles in the movie and a kidnapping plot. The kidnapping plot never happened in the American version as it was edited out in the final release. So I think overall they edited about 30 minutes out of that OVA. And how long was it originally? The original is 50 minutes. It's two OVAs stitched together. It's 50 minutes? It's 50 minutes. They cut over 50% of the movie? And you can really tell. The other parts, it's fine. They maybe, they've got... I was going to say... They've cleaned it up a bit. The transitions are terrible. The action scenes... Like, you said they have cut multiple action scenes. Yes, they cut half of, like, one of the ones in the middle. And this film was not about the action scenes. So they really had to... Try and pick which ones they that are actually in the film because it's a really slow film. It's a really somber film. It's got this weird jazzy country soundtrack. It's all about these kids in America. I'm interested. I'm legitimately interested in this now. A ridiculously cool film because it's tonally nothing like anything Digimon's ever touched and will ever touch. It's entirely like that's really dope. Slow paced. There's multiple minutes of just silence or just. This weird plucky oh, guitar. Oh, you mean it's an actual piece of art made for the purpose of eliciting human emotion and not just selling me Game Boy cartridges? I would say out of all of the OVAs they did, well, pretty much all of them, it is the one that's closest to being, like, trying to be artistic and trying to be something, like, profound. I wouldn't say it particularly actually, you know, hits in all areas, but I think aesthetically, visually, you can see that. And you can see parts of that sneak through in the dub, but they're trying so, so hard to suppress all of that down to make it a casual action flick, which the film just never was. It's a road, it's a road trip film with all these Japanese kids. And there's very little levity. It's just, it's just somber. It's just. I don't know if Jeff Nimoy like tripped on a rock and got a concussion through this, but the writing quality in terms of comedy just fucking drops down a well and drowns. Like the O2 section is very dull. There's a section where the children order a pizza and then a pickup truck comes along and they're like, here's the pizza. How stupid do you think children are? I mean, they had to dedicate half that dialogue to just trying to rework the film into the context. So they changed the plot, so they completely dropped the idea that the original kids were kids. This makes fucking Robotech look like, you know, a fateful translation. God, please continue. It just gives you so many more plot holes when you, when you change the plot. 
Like, yes, and just like Kari and TK just kind of disappear. Yeah, they literally disappear because they caught their kidnapping scene. Yeah, and then they just turn up at the end to save the day. Uh, they actually, all the cuts literally create a Deus Ex Machina because TK and Kari just kind of turn up with. Angela. If you want to talk about like gods from machines, what the fuck are those weird angel things that came in the end? Oh, there's the Sanjumon and Sanjumon. There's the fully evolved forms of TK and Kari's Digimon. Good Digimon. Yeah. Yeah, like, Classics. I, I repeat my statement. So they just basically just summon them out of nowhere. And then. Well, it's like, you know how uh, the other Digimon Digivolve as well, like how Agumon Digivolves into. Well, yeah, I get that it's a transformation. My question is, how did they sprint across America to get there? Nobody knows that. <laughs> I, think, I think you need to watch the sub to have <laughs> any answers to anything that part of the film. You know what, Max? You have convinced me to do so. This film has not convinced me to do so under any circumstances, but you, with your rational arguments and genuine love for this, have made me sort of interested in checking out this somber kid's OVA. No, yeah. Hurricane Touchdown is probably like a 9 out of 10. It's my favorite thing in Digimon, I'd say. Like, I think it's just... It's just interesting. I think it's. Well, you must have fucking hated this when we watched oh, it. When I first watched the Digimon movie when I was a kid, I mean, I. It was the worst part of the film still, but I didn't really care. When I watched the original in the sub, like, last year, I was like, I have been robbed. What, what the hell have they done to this they thing? They robbed me, and they've given something back, but that something is one of my own ribs, and it's now making me bleed. Made me so sad. I remember I watched the sub when I, or, like, the sub version of that movie when I first went through O2 when I was 14. So I haven't seen it in over, like, 10 years, so I can't remember the details of it very well. And I don't remember liking a, a huge amount, but this has made me interested in going back and watching it again, just to be like, is this actually good? I think you just need to watch it with the right, with the right mindset, knowing it's something that's just weird. Don't expect like, don't expect a great plot or great action. Like all of that is fine, but it's just the mood. The tone is so unique for a children's anime. And I don't think they even get close to doing that kind of uniqueness again until maybe halfway through Tamers. It's good. I'll, I'll trust that. I like the bit where not Ty cries and then the other boys like get over it and then he does. That was incredible. That part is so memed on so many times. You gotta get over it. Okay. It's funny though. It's the funniest line at that part it, of the film. It's the funniest line in the entire movie because it's barely changed. Because you, you can tell, and my this this it the, the the robot chicken staff sneak in and write a Digimon movie because possibly <laughs> they, they may have done. I lost my mind. It also ends very quickly in the whole message about Digimon never really die. We are eternal. Isn't the meme like all of you fucking die every season? It's not like you people are fucking Dragon Balls. Well, the whole appeal of this show was that death had consequences. Now you're telling me that it doesn't have consequences? What is reality? I don't know why they changed Adventure Canon for that. Because like... There, there are multiple... Digimon acts. will always live on as long as you buy the merchandise. <laughs> Do it or I'll cut your family! Other seasons are like that, yeah, they reincarnate no matter what. And it's other like seasons the they just die, but like... It's not like, like Lion Mon, like Leomon, oh, there, we, there we go. Leomon always dies. Yeah, yeah. the, the Chaozu of the fucking Digimon franchise. Except that he's just the coolest fucking dude. Alright. He hasn't died yet. Yet. 
in the new one. Okay, neat. As far as, as far as we He's know. got like three episodes to die, <laughs> and I am waiting. If he doesn't die, I am dropping Digimon for the rest of my life. Oh, that is <laughs> that's a spicy take. That's a very spicy that's, that's take. That's fair enough. So I think, unless you can recall any asinine plot details from this, I think we might be closing on. It's, it's shorter than our usual episodes are, but considering my research was quite nil, I'm running on reserve battery power right now, and these two gentlemen will probably want to run out of the room any second now. Oh, no, 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 we, we, still, we still have one oh. area that we haven't oh, no. fully covered. Oh, no. And that is the Poppy soundtrack. <sighs> Yo, the Digivolution is up and running! Did you see? Did you hear? Did you know what's coming? What did you destiny sauce today? So let me hear you say! We're not jumping in. <laughs> oh, this is... So, um, the hottest take that I have from this is right. that Screw Shrek Digimon is the original Smash Mouth. Yeah. So we've got every one-hit wonder from the late 90s <laughs> just deciding to yep. bring the music yeah, into this film. Just before Max does us the honour of listing off some of the legends that are on this OST, I remember in our pilot episode when we talked about some of the stupid people that the Pokemon movie managed to get for its credits. We're talking Christina Aguilera, Weird Al, Billy Piper, M2M, Sync, Donna Summer. But when I look at the Digimon list, I'm like, where you're you're not Pokemon. Where did you get the fucking money for these people? I think they specifically chose Weird indie one hit yeah. wonders, specifically because they were a lot cheaper to yeah. buy, probably. But like, they were top tens. Oh, yeah, all of them top are still tens, top tens. But they were from people who were just like recording in their basements. Yeah, pretty much. They're all ska bands, or they're just. They're, they're not exactly the, the right. hype. Give me names. All right. Well, we're, we're short of basically a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack <laughs> here. We've got Less Than Jake. Uh, doing their biggest single, All My Best Friends Are Metalheads. We've got the My My Bostones, and then we got the Bare Naked Ladies. So that's like the trifecta of ska bands of yes. the 90s. Um, you've also got people like Fatboy Slim doing it. have got fucking Rockefeller Skank, which is impressive. Yeah, My My Bostones, Jason Radford, Paul Gordon. And those, those two would be the people who were doing the insert songs for the original series for O2 and for this film, which they made a couple more insert songs Wonderful. for. Excellent. All to replace Braveheart and yeah. uh, I mean, the other two. Compared to the original like Japanese, it must it must feel like getting circumcised with a carving knife. Perhaps. I mean, just the fact that the movie ends on a cover of Kids in America is just. I mean, I mean, it's kind of clever considering they technically are. They were enough. kids in America, right yeah, there. I'm going to give you the hottest take. I think the insert songs in the the original two Digimon. Dubbed are better than the insert songs in the sub. They're better than Braveheart. They're better than um, Chance or Breakout. I forget what they're called. But they're better. <laughs> I can't argue that much with that, to be honest. I really can't. Let's kick it up. Uh, freaking Hey Digimon is probably the worst one, but it's good still. I just like they're really this quirky. Is, this is the ultimate popcorn flick. They're so poppy. Had this film ended at War Games, I would have come away from saying, you know what? I get it. I absolutely get it. But then the last 30 minutes of this film happens, which feels like watching three seasons of a television show you haven't watched for 10 years, and then it just cuts to fucking black mid-sentence. Wow, fuck everyone involved in the last half. It really is one of those productions where you just wish they made better decisions at the end, or just, I don't know. Uh, 
Just make it a longer film. <laughs> just have the first two films just be fully uncut and just yeah. have that have it be an hour long. It's fine. They should have a little message in between. They should make it a longer film, have a little message right after our war game saying, hey, if you want this film... Warning! This film is ended entertainment now. product may result in seizures and or brain reduction. This film has ended now. Uh, if you want to stay for this weird, quirky art film, stay. The theater closes in an hour. It's like the end of Evangelion, where there's just credits midway through the movie. Exactly. Should have just done the credits. Yeah. Convince everyone to leave. Speaking of End of Ava, before you messaged me about us watching it today, my plan last night was to do a double bill with my partner of End of Ava, followed by Digimon movie. What is more traumatic? What has more tone? Sh- tonal honest, honestly. I think in terms well, I think in terms yeah, of Yeah, that's that, that cut scene where Ty masturbates over Kari. That's real fucked up. That's just disturbing, man. Oh no, 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 no. So which one's the one with the hat? <laughs> I forgot. I, I I mixed all the girls together. I didn't realize that Kari was the little sister. They all none of the girls do anything in this fucking movie. I don't know. But anyway, like in terms of comparing the two, I genuinely having seen them both recently, I genuinely think End of Evangelion makes far more sense than Digimon the movie. Far, far more. Clearly, Evangelion should have used should have used Smash Mouth instead of Comsusatod. Yeah, we just we got uh, All Star. I hope the God does an edit of that on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> so I think that's bringing us to a close. Um, ultimately, Digimon the movie is an experience I will not forget anytime soon. Thank you very much for joining me today, gentlemen. This has been an absolute blast, and I feel both enlightened and yet insulted <laughs> because I've been shown this. This has been a pleasure, and if you're interested in Digimon, just go watch Adventure. Dub is absolutely fine. The dub for the series is genuinely good. Max will confirm this. The same jokes, but a lot more of them in like 60 episodes of them. Yeah. My face is stuck like this, and just like a, a horrific smile. It's still a smile, so the, the film in general was a success. Right, by Rotten Tomatoes logic, it's fresh. It's fresh. <laughs> Verdict. <laughs> uh, slowly dying inside. Anyway, that has been the Grugamesh Podcast. Uh, rate and review us on all places you get your audio entertainment, and remember, I love sushi, I love Japan, and I love you more for staying a fan. Digimon! Too late to give you back, my receipt is gone. And I'm starting to look back at everything that's going wrong. Know how I used to long to hold you in my hand. Such a shame it took six weeks shipping directly from Japan. Not gonna lie, you were kawaii, but now your paint job's chipped away. Rioma away blues, my plastic wife. Your shining gloss once put my family in strife. For what I owe to you, I swear I could die. Body pillows I left hanging dry Oh darling, we're a mess Listening to Garuga Mesh